The Watch Time Show, sponsored by digital agency Mint Twist. Welcome to Watch Time, the show for marketing industry influencers looking for creative and digital ideas. We'll be exploring new technology, developments, and sharing the stories behind high-profile industry players. I'm Alexandra King from Mint Twist. The digital landscape is ever-changing. Voice search, virtual reality, and augmented reality, amongst others, are molding and shaping our digital landscape. It is important to stay in the know so that we can not only confidently navigate this space, but also use it to our advantage through informed and focused search engine optimization. I'm joined by senior digital marketer, award-winning SEO consultant, and search evangelist, Rick Rodriguez. Rick, I'm really excited to ask you about all of the latest SEO trends. Uh, however, I also want to learn a bit more about you, if that's okay. Of course. So, Rick, can you tell us a bit about your SEO journey from Net-A-Porter to SEO consultant at Yext? Yeah, so I have been in, in SEO for about five to six years. Actually, all the way back, I was in the music industry. I learned when I needed was in a band that I needed to get my band found and getting it found at that time was to start on social media and to get a presence. And I learned that Facebook was an algorithm, had a thing behind the newsfeed that you could start to influence. And by influencing it, you could get seen by more people. And then I just raised the stakes from Facebook to Google and uh, the rest sort of went on from there. So it's it's fair to say that you really are, you have been in search for a really long time and that's your speciality. Yeah, search marketing is, it's not only my speciality, it's something I absolutely love. Um, I'm fascinated by the way that the world is changing and I think the search marketing is really important to some of the wider trends that we're seeing in the world. It certainly is important. So in terms of search, what's your philosophy? What is your SEO philosophy and how do you go about approaching it? From a philosophy standpoint, um, I think that I believe that there is this information need in the world. People are looking for things and the whole basis of search is to provide that information. And so rather than looking at how does my site get above other sites in rankings, take it all the way back. How am I serving that consumer need? Um, When someone asks a question, how do I become that answer, whether that's about what I do specifically or the things that people find me or, or could care about me for? So taking that approach, it's understanding the user, it's creating experiences that engage and excite, and then making sure that when someone looks, they find the answer. I've noticed you you have won some awards for SEO, yes. so you obviously know what you're doing. Can you tell us a bit about your greatest successes in SEO? Well, apart from now when you Google who is Rick Rodriguez, I have an answer, which was a lot harder than originally <laughs> I thought it was going to be, with a WordPress site that has sort of no no um, special source behind it. Yeah, I, I've, I've been, say, I've been agency side. I've worked with lots of different businesses. Some of the awards you mentioned um, were for my time at Regis when I worked with Crowd. And I think my, my crowning achievement there is the award that we, that we one as a team was to drive huge gains for, for that business through Google My Business and through local SEO. Wow, and that's so it worked and, and you got the prize, is that right? Yeah, we, we, we won the award that year. It was wow. it was a good moment. So quite an achievement. Uh, so I also came across your website <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, you are also a speaker, aren't you? You do a lot of yes, speaking absolutely. gigs and things. So it's also fair to say that you tend to put yourself out there. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about how you go about doing that? Well, I am. Um, I actually. Uh, it's been totally organic, to use a horrendous pun. Um, I'm fascinated by the world of search, and I've always been someone to throw myself into everything. So I don't just work in search; I live and breathe search. That's the ethos I take. And then I started talking about it online, and I had a um, 
had a direct strategy director who was following my LinkedIn actually, and t- his his advice to me was, Rick, your LinkedIn is just so boring. You need to, to make it oh, more he's, exciting. He actually said that to you. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and he was right. It was really boring. And Why? He said, Why oh, was it boring? It's because I wasn't opinionated and I didn't have views. I was just sharing the oh, news and facts. And he said, if you put a spin on it, people will like. Some people might want to hear that. So I just started by putting my own spin on some of the news updates that happened, and it seemed that people liked that. So I did more of that. Moved to Twitter. Started connecting with other people that were like-minded, and um, and and then yeah. So looking at the CV, is it more to add more punch to the posts that you're posting, or to the content of the CV itself about what you did and your job and so on? Oh, it's it's more the post side of it. So um, LinkedIn's a great community for sharing information and finding information. But rather than just taking an article and sharing that, I put my own ideas and spin onto why those things might be the case. Well, it's definitely working for you. That I that I can tell you. I try my best. <laughs> right. So now moving on to trends. Mm-hmm. And forgive me if I ask certain basic questions, but I, I, I'm not uh, as advanced, let's say, in this field. So no I'm, I'm really keen to learn a lot, as I'm sure our listeners are. The first trend that uh, I've come across is Google the answering machine versus Google the question machine. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tie that into a tweet that I saw the other day. Sure. And the tweet says the following. Google has moved away from a keyword matching algorithm a few years ago, and it's time SEO did too. Do you agree with that? Completely. Keywords are a vehicle for finding information, but we know that at the heart of Google, and actually at the heart of every answer machine, there's a graph, we call it, of information, a database, a store of all the things it knows about the world. Right. And it's not thinking about it in terms of words and how words relate. It's thinking about it in the same way that we as humans think about it, in that there are these things in the world, and these things can be described in terms of lots of other things, and they connect to other things. So when we ask a question by using a a keyword, a vehicle for asking that question, it's not matching words. It's understanding what we mean by it and going out and finding information. So is it fair to say that Google is looking at intent? Completely. Intent is just another way of saying to find the thing that someone wants in that moment of space and time. So keyword search is is not enough then to get a page ranked. Is that that correct? I'm going to use the SEO joker card. It depends. Uh, depends on what you mean by a keyword search. If someone is searching for something, they are clearly looking and articulating that. But as a business um, and as a brand, you should be doing everything you can to put your information into search and not thinking about it as, do I rank high for this page or that keyword, but more, what information can I put out there and what can I be found for? So is answer-rich content generation the key? It's not just answer-rich content. That's definitely a component of it. But then again, it depends what you mean by answer-rich. There's There's... If answer rich means putting FAQ on the pages, which seems to be what SEOs are doing at the moment, that's great. But an SEO, uh, an FAQ is a one-to-one relationship. If someone asks a question, you're going to get that specific answer. Whereas if you have a page about a service that you do or a page about a location that you have, there's lots of different components you can put, your address, your phone number, the details of that service. That's not necessarily someone something that someone is going to ask a specific question about that you're answering, but you can create a basis of knowledge for any question around what you do. I believe related to the next trend, which is structured data and structured snippets. But mm-hmm. for those of you, those of us who don't understand what that is, could you please explain what structured data is and also the difference between structured data and 
structured snippets? Um, so structured data, if we bring it down to sort of totally layman terms, it's code that you can put on the website that clearly defines for search engines and other systems exactly what that page is about and key components around it. So if you're a location, you can use structured data to say, this is a page about a location and this location is at this address with this telephone number to contact it and all these other different fields and attributes around it. Yeah, I actually, I looked into this last night and I, I did a little test and Googled myself. <laughs> and I, I can tell you that I didn't code any structured data whatsoever about myself, but there I was uh, described within the structured data. So who, who's, who's doing this? So structured data and then a snippet or a rich answer or a feature snippet or the information that you see in Google are somewhat related but separate things. Google, as I say, leverages a knowledge graph, a database of all the information that it knows. However you put that information out there, it's going to put information into this database. So when you ask a question, if it can provide the answer, it will do so. Right. Structured data is a way of making certain things really clear. So you might have a page with lots of information on it. Google's going to have to go through that information and make sense of it. And there might be some things you just want to make absolutely empirically clear. Remove any um, inference or any assumption. That's what structured data would can it, do. Would it be say that structured data, the subject around that could also be popular subjects? So if, for example, for the hypochondriacs out there, yes, you know who you are. If you're Googling a certain disease or a certain symptom on, you know, on the search, it will come up with probably the worst things. Is there, is there, what's the logic behind that? Google is understanding things from contextual information. So Google, and they, they openly say this, don't have a way of understanding objective truth because they they would need to bring that information from somewhere. Uh -huh, so it's not correct necessarily. <laughs> well, they've got sophisticated systems to get to consensus, to get to an answer. And actually, if you're the brand and you start putting your own information out there, they can understand there's a relationship and a, a veracity to that. But for things that are more general, they have to look at the information that's out there and make, an, make a decision ultimately. There is always going to be opinion and they will use all of the signals around that they can, they can capture. Remember, they're capturing millions of data points to make that decision. So it's not always that it's the worst case, but it's the one they feel is the most representative answer. Oh, right. Okay. And if we get back to, to what does this actually mean for SEO clients? Mm. What does all this mean and how do we go about tackling it? I think it comes down to this core point. If, you, if someone is asking a question, whether that's about you or something that relates to you, um, if you don't answer it, someone else will. So, wow. so if you don't have an answer for some of this information, then you're not only not going to be found, but someone else is going to be found instead. And so for marketers and for, for strategists, that means think about what you want to be found for. Think about the information you have and how you can contribute to this knowledge base and start doing it, whether that's new content or however that might be. Right. So moving on to the different types of content and the next trend, video optimization. So can video show up as snippets? Actually, this is something that's been happening for a while. If you put videos into YouTube, for example, Google actually will pull YouTube search um, videos from um, embedded videos yeah, into noticed, the search actually. results. It does it for other things like podcasts and other media formats as well. A video is fan fantastic. It's a really interesting one because actually as humans, we want to engage with video content. I've sat for hours and hours watching video on Facebook where it just populates the next one and next one. And I believe that that's a way that we're going to take or one of the ways that we're going to take our information in the future. We're just not quite there yet in the understanding part. 
but we will get there. Yeah, so to learn more about it then, how is video indexed in search? Well, it depends how how much you believe um, or how advanced you believe the video recognition and audio um, translation systems are. I think they're quite advanced and they're certainly getting more advanced day by day. Right now, the bit that we can all point to are the words around it, the context around it, um, and any custom tags and tagging that you're putting onto those videos to define what they are. Um, that being said, video has an audio component to it and even a, a and a visual component to it and search engines or just the systems that can decode video and decode audio are getting much better so we could be on the brink of actually understanding the content from the content itself rather than wow. signals that's huge that's huge but it's it's also quite overwhelming because you and I, d- I don't know if I'm correct here but would you then need SEO for YouTube and then separate SEO for Amazon and it's, it's just overwhelming how, how does that work I bring it back to this knowledge base idea every system has a knowledge base and so you putting information out there, all you're doing is building the information that sits within that knowledge base. Now, if you can, if you start to think about the different systems, yes, Amazon might have a different way of ranking to Google, to Facebook, to other, to other vertical search engines, other search engines, but they all have a knowledge base. We think of it in three levels at, at Yext. You have the user interface, the bit that people engage with, ask mm-hmm. questions. You have the machine learning component that works it all out, but actually you can't impact either of those two because people will search the way they search and the machine learning will work the way it works. What you can do is impact the date the baseline data and make sure that all of that data is there so you can be found so you've really got to guide your clients about what they should be putting in these videos so that the seo is pulled out accordingly and does what you want it to do it's it's quite complicated actually it is and today video is one component of the way that we'll we we take in information so if you are a, a business that is looking to use video content use all of the fields use all of the options that are available to you if you have a way to put information around it, whether that's a caption or content, then make sure the content is related to the video. But in the future, um, you know, there's a theory that SEOs will become videos, uh, video editors really? because that's that's how we might want to take our information. Definitely related to what we've just discussed, voice search, which has certainly gained mileage. It's easy, it's convenient. I do wonder, though, how accurate it is. Voice, again, I'm going to mention the knowledge base. There's three components to this. I would say two of them, there's three components. One, understanding what the person is saying taking the uh, audio content and translating that to a text or a one and zeros if you're, if you're a computer. There's the understanding what those words mean and then there's finding the information. The finding the information is the same part as the other parts of, of search engines whether you type something in. Same accuracy? It's the same information. It's the same knowledge base. The difference with voice is you get one answer often rather than multiple answers. So you don't have the option to scroll down and find other bits of information. Sure. But actually that's exactly what's happening with these snippets, these answers that appear in search, you are getting one answer. It is the same accuracy because it's the same reasoning and the same contextual signals used to find it. Next trend, visual search. I think it's important to define what we mean by visual search. So how would you define it? So visual search is linked to video. There's an image component. So a lot of people talk about visual search today as appearing in the image results. And that again is around, are you using the tagging around that correctly? Because people actually, when they search things like product, they do search the pictures rather than just the price. Um, and we know that that's important because Google is starting to run PLAs, shopping ads across pictures. That's right, yeah. Um, the tagging is important, 
But actually, as image recognition gets better, the content that's in the image can be better recognized and used in and of itself to, to, help, you, uh, to help you rank and, or help you be found at the very least. And there's a future that I'm thinking is coming sooner rather than later, which is the impact of augmented reality on the world. To bring it all the way back, we talked about how I believe search is influencing the way the world works. AR is a perfect example of this. Search could sit as a layer on top of augmented reality. So when you wear your smart glasses or your contact lenses of the future, or perhaps even if Elon Musk gets his way, the chips in the brain that you have, you'll be able to look at something and rather than it working out, you're in this location at this moment in time. And therefore, because you're facing that way, the thing in front of you has to be, it will just recognize the picture in front of you and say, this building is this and here's some information on it. So just to to sum up for our users, if you had to give three absolutely top SEO tips, what would they be? Tip one, stop focusing on rankings and keywords. They have value. They are useful for identifying demand. But getting to the absolute minutia of having this specific word on the page versus that one, Google isn't thinking that way anymore. Um, Google has a database of information. That's where it's leveraging. So that leads me on to point two, which is think about the information that you have and what you're putting out online and how you're putting that online. Again, nicely on to point three, start using structured data. Structured data, um, schema markup being the preferred way, according to Google now, of, of providing information is a great way to make sure your message gets put across without ambiguity. Rick. It's been brilliant having you on the show. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. And that concludes our podcast. Email any questions you have to podcast at watchtime.site or you can visit us on watchtime.site to learn more about any of us or our guests and do subscribe to hear more from us. Thank you for listening to the Watchtime podcast brought to you by digital agency Mint Twist.